0: Okay, so we started last week, if you remember, a series we're calling um, BFF. So BFF, what we are trying to kind of work through, talk about, is this idea of beneficial friends forever. Or best friends forever, if you just want to use what BFF actually means. But, But our whole idea of what we're really trying to look at is a quality each week about who you surround yourself with. Because I'm telling you, probably now more than ever, have I seen such the importance of looking at the people you surround yourself with because they have the potential to make or break you in your future. It may not seem like a big deal right now where you go, well, if I hang out with somebody that's maybe not the best influence, it's okay. It's not really going to affect me. But the longer you go on, the longer it will affect you. And if you want to be in a place where where I plead for um, day after day for you guys, in a place years down the road where you're in college and you've really understood what this relationship with Jesus can really be like, and you're walking with Jesus the rest of your life, friends are going to be a huge influence to that future. And so we did this as we were talking a little bit, not just because we wanted to talk about friends, but because we saw such the importance of who you surround yourself with And just because somebody may have one of these qualities doesn't necessarily mean um, that they're the best influence. It's taking all of these different things and going, okay, if they have a majority of these qualities, these are things that I want in the people I surround myself with. But I also want to say at the same time, there also needs to be people who are strong enough to be lights to those who don't have these qualities. We've got to show Jesus. I mean, Peyton talked about, about it this week at High Five. We, we have a mission where we're supposed to be alive, But who you pour your life into, who you have real close, your intimate group, what I've always heard it explained, is like we can handle what they call like a village. Everybody in a village knew everything about everybody. It was real small. They were very intimate. But we sometimes take a state which is like, you may know somebody that lives in Columbus, but you don't know very much about them. And we try to make them our intimate friends. You need to find your intimate tribe, that these are the people that I'm surrounding myself with, with these qualities. So, today, we're talking about a quality that I think is super, super important, and it's this idea of honesty. Honesty. So, I'm going to tell you a little story about um, being dishonest. Um, It's really not that bad. But, when I was younger... I was in fourth grade. We had just moved here. Um, we were living um, in a little place in the corner of Ohio. If you've ever heard of it, it's called County Isle, Ohio. My dad was a pastor there for a little while, and so we just moved back to Ashland. And I went to Taft School over there by the high school. I was at Taft Elementary, um, going to school there. And my dad told me, it was kind of like a spring day. Um, I went to school, and he said, make sure when you go outside for recess you wear your hat. I hated that. Make you wear your sock and cap. I'm like, whatever. It's like 50 degrees out, I don't think I'm going to wear it. So he sends me with my hat. It was a Browns hat, I remember. It was a brown stocking cap. He said, make sure you wear this at recess. So I go outside, you know, and I got the boys. We're about to go ball, you know, out on the playground. We got, we got the hoops ready. You know, we're, we're stretching it out. We're getting ready to play some basketball out there at recess. I go out there, and I start running around a little bit. Well, as I'm starting to run around a little bit, as what happens when you start running around, I start to get hot and sweaty. So I said, I need to take my hat off. So I take it off, not even thinking um, that I am supposed to keep it on, um, or I probably knew and just didn't care. So I take it off. Meanwhile, this will this will occur later in the story. Somewhere along the lines, when I was at recess, my dad drives by the school. I did not know this. He drove he drove by the school when I was outside for recess, and so I go home later. And he sits me down at the counter. When I come home, he's like, how was your day? I said, it was good, you know, know, what'd you do? What'd you learn? All that stuff. Then he looks at me and he says, did you wear your hat at recess today? And in that moment, I had a pivotal decision. Do I lie and say I did, or do I just be honest? And in my mind, here's what's going on. There's no way he knows, no way he knows. So I looked at him, I said, yeah, I wore my hat. He starts smiling a little. He looked at me again, he said, I'm gonna give you one more chance. He said, did you wear your hat at recess? I said, yes. And he looks at me shortly after. Then I got in trouble, you know, the whole deal. I'll spare you the details, but I did get in trouble. And he looks at me and he said, I drove past the school earlier today when you were outside for recess, and I saw you not wearing your hat. And all in that moment, I could have just made the smart decision to be honest with my dad. There were so many times I did that. My dad was very sneaky. I don't know how he did half the stuff he did, but I would tell, he'd ask me something, I'd be like, there's no way he knows. And I'd lie to him, and he'd be like, I'm going to ask you one more time, and that's how I knew he knew. I'm like, how do you know these things? And he'd always tell me, I have associates out there. I'm like, who do you got out there? Well, whatever. So, but, but in that moment, all I had to do was be honest. If I just would have been honest, it would have saved myself from, one, getting in trouble and just being truthful. My dad didn't care. I mean, he cared that I didn't wear my hat. But more importantly, what he just wanted me to do was to just be honest with him. And so many times when we have these people surrounding us, it's we have some very dishonest people that we surround ourselves with. They go behind our back. They talk behind our back. They just, in how they deal as people, are just dishonest. And we're just okay letting these people into our lives. And so I really want to look at, as Peyton's going to share a little bit here in a moment, and then I'll share some, that this quality of honesty is so important. You want people who are going to be honest from the inside and out. You want people that are going to share their life with you. You want people that are going to look at you when you're in the wrong and approach you. You don't want people who aren't honest enough to come up to you when you're in sin and say, you've got to get your act together. We just let people in our lives and we're like, well, if they don't approach us, that's good because I kind of want to do these things. You need some honest people who are going to tell you how it is and keep you on the right track. So I'm going to let Peyton take it from here.
1: Yeah, so as I was thinking about honesty, I have three things. Two of them are going to go pretty quick, and then the third one I'm going to take more time on. The first one is, and last week, for some of you that were here, I talked about trustworthy. Honesty is the base for trustworthiness. You need friends that will be honest with you. You don't want friends, like Taylor said, that are going to go behind your back and tell other people things, your secrets, everything. You don't want those as friends. So honesty is the building block for trustworthy. And with that, the second point, we just straight up don't want friends that will lie to us. Like, that's just no fun, just having friends that lie. So we want to make sure that we're looking at our friends and that we can trust them, that they're not going to lie to us. And then the third reason, and the one I'm going to spend most of my time on, Taylor kind of mentioned, we want friends to be honest with us when we're in the wrong. And I know that's kind of hard to hear for a lot of us. Because I know when I was in the wrong, I didn't want my friends to come up and tell me, dude, you should have not done that. That was wrong. Why did you do that? That's not what I wanted in a friend. But looking at it now, that's the very thing I should have been looking for in friends. Was a friend that when I mess up, that when I do something dumb like we all do, the third there behind me to hold me accountable for what I did. I don't want to go with the flow of friend. I don't want a friend that's just going to be, yeah, that's all right, man. Let's do it. I don't want that as a friend. And I hope you guys don't either. Because we need friends that will tell us when we're wrong. We need friends that will hold us accountable. There's a verse in Matthew. I'm only going to read one verse today. It's in Matthew 18, verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go ahead and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And I know this is talking about uh, us sinning against each other, but I think it also relates to honesty a lot. So when you see someone, when you see a friend, this it goes both ways. When you see a friend doing something wrong, would you be honest enough to tell them? Or when a friend sees you do something wrong, will they be honest enough to tell you that, man, we probably shouldn't have done that there's many times in my life, I'm going to share a story a little bit later, that I've, I've done some dumb stuff. And if I would have had a friend there to tell me, dude, you should probably not do that. It would have saved me from a lot of trouble and a lot of hurt. So in Tiffin, I have a really good group of friends that shared a lot about them with you guys. So one day we're playing, St. volleyball. You can't tell. I'm a St. volleyball pro. I'm going to the Olympics uh, 2026, so catch me there. We are playing sand volleyball one day, and it's, I think, September, and it's hot. It like, 90 degrees. I'm all sandy because I was sweaty and the sand sticks. We just got done playing, like, two hours of sand volleyball. And I'm kind of like, man, it would be great if I could just go swimming right now. Like, if I could just go jump in a pool to take all of this off of me. And I happened to look over, and Tiffin City Pools is right beside the St. Volleyball Courts. So I get a group of people and I'm like, hey, we should go swimming. The only thing I didn't add in this story is the pool's closed. So there's no way we can actually get in, unless we hop a fence. And what I'm down to do, I am totally down to hop this fence to get this sand off of me. I'm set on going swimming. I got about 20 people with me that are set on going swimming to hop this fence. And so we go. We're there to hop the fence, and I have one friend who stands behind all of us and says, guys, we probably should not do this. He starts to list a bunch of reasons why I didn't really care about any of them because I just wanted to go swimming. But he stood behind us and said, we shouldn't do this. He was honest enough with us in that moment. In a moment that in all reality, we probably would have not gotten that much trouble. But the thing is, he was honest enough with us to say, don't do this. He was honest enough to keep us from doing something dumb. And I think this verse says it great. That when you you see someone, when you see a friend when you see a friend doing something dumb or when your friends see you doing something dumb, that they come up to you and they confront you about it. Because like I said earlier, we don't need friends that are just go with the flow. We need friends that will tell us when we make mistakes. And honesty is so important because without that, those friends won't come up to us. Those friends won't won't tell us when we've done wrong. They will not make the stand And they'll just keep letting us fall and fall and fall into more and more dumb stuff. So make sure that your friends, when you take a deep look into your friends, just like we did with trustworthy, if our friends are trustworthy or not, take a deep look into your friends. And if they won't be honest with you in the most harsh times, that's not a friend that you want. And then take a look at yourself. If you can't be honest with your friends, in their most harsh times, when they screwed up, and you know it, if you can't be honest with them, and tell them. There's one, something you got to work on, in yourself, that why can't I be honest with this friend? And then two, if your friends can't be honest, then think about why that friend is your friend think about why that friend is around you. Because if they can't be honest and if they can't tell you when you're messed up, then they're no friends. They're just going with the flow.
0: In Luke chapter 19, there's a story that I think is uh, a good story and one that you probably heard growing up in church of Jesus and Zacchaeus. If you don't know about the story, I'm not going to read the whole story, but basically there's this guy. He's the chief tax collector. Why this is important is because I I, I heard one pastor explain this week a little bit. um, When we're talking chief tax collector, we're not talking like, you know, he's the guy that's at the lowest of the totem pole. Like we're talking like besides the Roman government, he's probably one step below that. Because what happened to just give you a quick understanding of the whole tax system, and I'm not going to explain it perfectly, and I'm probably going to get some things wrong, but here's a general overview. The Romans taxed. And so what they would do is they would have these um, people that they would go send out to go collect the taxes, and the Romans would say, this is how much we need. Let's say it's $5. We need $5 in a collection of tax. Okay, they were allowed to go, and as long as the Roman government got their $5, they didn't care what the other people taxed. So tax collectors were very well known to go and say, well, we actually need to tax you $8 so that they make $3 off of the tax that was only supposed to be $5. Okay, so that's what they would go do. Now what the chief tax collector, what Zacchaeus was, is that like he had people he oversaw that oversaw other people. Like He was like two or three steps up on the chain. He wasn't one that necessarily was going around collecting the tax but he was the one that would get a cut from each of these people that were going around to collect taxes on top of the Roman tax itself. It was a very shady and dishonest business at that time. It's like when I used to work at Taco Bell. I was at the very lowest of the totem pole. I, do, I worked a the drive-thru. There was the hot side and the cold side, they said. And so I was the one that did all you know, the beef. And I don't know, is it real, is it fake? I'm not getting into that. I dropped it in hot water. That's all I know, okay? It was frozen. I dropped it in hot water. But there was me, and then I had what they called like shift leaders. They oversaw us when they would come in for their shift. So if they worked, you know, seven to five, um, they oversaw all the employees from that time. Then we had the general manager who oversaw the entire store. Her name was Melanie. Melanie oversaw the shift managers and she oversaw me. But then there was one more guy. This is like the Zacchaeus. His name was Rob rob oversaw multiple taco bells so he not only oversaw melanie and the shift manager and me but he oversaw multiple taco bells he was like the general manager of these taco bells that's what zacchaeus is zacchaeus is pretty high on the totem pole he is well known as a chief tax collector and he's probably got a lot of money we're not just talking like 50 bucks like this guy probably has a lot of money and not money that's been made in an honest way. So Jesus is coming through town, and Zacchaeus starts to climb because it says even in the story he was a short man. My dad's like five foot six, he's short. He's probably shorter than my dad. Let's say he's like four foot five. Four foot five. That's what Zacchaeus says. Zacchaeus says, I want to see Jesus, but I can't see over the crowd. He's having a hard time seeing because he's short, so he says, I'm gonna climb up this tree. She climbs up the tree and and just get this, you know, Zacchaeus is probably full of himself and he's proud. He climbs this tree and Jesus is walking through and he stops right at my tree, at Zacchaeus' tree. Don't you think probably going through Zacchaeus' head is like, man, am I so lucky? I picked the one tree to climb that Jesus stopped by. I'm so good. I make all this money. I got all these people working for me and I picked the one tree. Jesus looks up and he says, Zacchaeus, I need to go to your house today. Come down. So he gets down, and I want to read this verse because I think when it comes to dishonesty, I think this is a huge tell. In Luke chapter 19, verse 6, it says, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down, took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy, but the crowds were displeased. Why? He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. Many times when you see these stories, you'll see, man, he goes to the house of a sinner. Man, he goes with people that aren't well liked. It's very clear that the crowds don't like him. People don't like him because he is not only a sinner, he's a notorious sinner. He's above sinners. He does everything wrong. Nobody can trust him. Why, Jesus, would you want to go hang out with this guy? You've got all these religious people that are following you, quote-unquote, and you've got the one guy that's the most dishonest in this town, and you want to go have lunch with him? People knew Zacchaeus for his dishonesty. He lived a dishonest life just solely by what he did. Yet Jesus saw through that. I think what's very interesting, we don't get the backstory to Zacchaeus more than this, is I bet you the only people that were attracted to Zacchaeus were other dishonest people. You know what it's like to have people that are dishonest to you. You don't want to spend time with them. When somebody lies to you, you don't want them around you. You're like, I thought I could trust you. That's how people felt with Zacchaeus. I don't want to be around Zacchaeus. But he just takes money. He's never honest. How am I supposed to hang out with this guy, tell him my life story, if I don't know if I can trust him? And yet Jesus comes along and shows him love. The best thing you can do when you're faced with dishonest people around your life is show them love. You don't have to let them in. You don't have to tell them your whole life story, but you can show them love like Jesus did. Jesus knew what Zacchaeus did. And I wish we could see, and sometimes I've heard some pastors say, if we could see the conversation, we would know what to do to change people. Because it goes from Jesus going to Zacchaeus' house, and then a little while later it says in verse 8, Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, I'll give half my wealth to the poor, and if I've overcharged people on their taxes, I'll give them back four times as much. Somewhere along the line, in the conversation with Jesus, Zacchaeus' heart changes. He's like, I want to leave this dishonest lifestyle away. I I don't want to be dishonest anymore. And if I was dishonest, I'm going to give back four times. Let's just imagine he overcharged somebody $20. Four times, $80, thank you, $80. So now he's paying $80. Just imagine five people he did that to. He's got to give all this money back, this huge commitment that he's made. But I'm telling you, if you're sitting here as one of the people that is a dishonest person, sometimes we always talk about also the people we surround ourselves with, but we don't always talk about ourselves. If you're a dishonest person, the best thing you can do is meet Jesus. Because something happened in this conversation with Zacchaeus that he met Jesus and it changed his life. He didn't want to be dishonest anymore. He didn't want to live a lifestyle where he wasn't being right with people. And so you want people in your life that that you want to surround yourself that are going to be honest? I can tell you a huge tell that will tell you if they're honest or not. Do they spend time with Jesus? Do they meet Jesus on a regular basis? Do they spend time building the relationship? Because if they don't find themselves connected to Jesus, you probably don't want to share your life with them. And I'm not saying that because it's church. I'm telling you from a heart that has seen people in his life that were dishonest, that lived to to stab people in the back. And I'm telling you, when you surround yourself with people that spend time with Jesus, they're honest people and they want to build you up and they want to confront you when you're in the wrong. It's going to save you a lot of pain and trouble down the road. But yet for some reason in our culture, because we don't, want people to make fun of us or we don't want people to outcast us, we don't want to bring church up. We don't want to bring Jesus up. I'm telling you, now more than ever, you need to make it clear that you're a follower of Jesus and that those are the people I want in my life. People that spend time with Jesus. Because you can see through Zacchaeus, he met Jesus and it changed his life. People that are your BFFs, should be spending time with Jesus. Because if they are, they will be honest. Jesus is gonna give you an explosion in your heart that you can't describe. So much love, comfort, honesty, you're gonna go, man, I can't be dishonest. I can't let my buddy just keep going down this path. I see the pain that he's running into. I see the problems he's gonna run into down the road. I need to confront him. Find people that spend time with Jesus. Because I'm telling you, half these qualities, even honesty, yeah, you want to look for it. But if they spend time with Jesus and they truly are living a life where they're connected in this relationship, they're going to live honestly. It's just natural when you follow Jesus. Understand on the other side, if they don't spend time with Jesus, they are going to be dishonest. They don't know any better. Sometimes we expect them to be honest. We're like, why aren't you just an honest person? Well, if they're not in a relationship with Jesus, all they know is sin. So look for people in your life. There's another story I was going to get into, and I'll just mention. In Acts chapter 4, Ananias and Sapphira, or Acts chapter 5. They go, they sell this property, and then they go to give the offering to the church, and they decide before they go in there that they're only going to give like some of the money. So they give the money, and Peter says, is that all the money you got for the land? one guy goes, yeah. And Peter looks at him and he says, why do you lie to me? Even when you think you can be dishonest, somebody's always going to know. We think we can get away being dishonest. Other people in our lives think they can get away with being dishonest. There's always going to be somebody. If anything, it's going to be God. He knows you're lying. They both drop dead because they're not honest about the the whole plot of land and the money they got for it. When you live a dishonest lifestyle, it's only hurling, hurling you more and more towards death. But when you spend time with Jesus, you're hurling more and more towards life. Because he will transform your life. People who you surround yourself with need to have an honest quality to them. But if you just look at them, based on if they spend time with Jesus, they're probably gonna be honest people. Dishonesty attracts dishonesty, but honest people attract honest people.
1: Yeah. I love what Taylor said, too, about looking at ourselves. I know this series is Beneficial Friends Forever, but we, ourselves, can be beneficial friends forever. I think sometimes when we we talk up here and when we're sitting out there, we're like, man, this doesn't apply to me, really, because this is about my friends, so this can't be me. I'm a great person. But I think it's so important to look back on our own lives and take a look, am I being dishonest with my friends? Am I not confronting my friends? So I'm going to end you, end you, oh my gosh, end this this with a story. So, does anyone know a story about the cupcakes? Probably not. It's a classic old nursery rhyme. So, there's this group of guys. There are about three to four of them. And they're in this baking class, right? These These tough guys wearing aprons baking. And so one day... They're supposed to be baking cupcakes, and these four guys, they don't really know how to bake. They're just in this in this class for fun, and so they're baking these cupcakes, doing everything right, following the instructions. These cupcakes come out of the oven. They bring them out. They put them on the counter. They go to try these cupcakes, and these cupcakes are absolutely horrible. They're like the worst cupcakes these people have ever had. And so they had the great idea of just chucking them out the window, taking all the cupcakes, opening up the window, throwing them outside. So three weeks later, these four guys go back to their class. They go back to their baking class. And their instructor comes up to them. And she's like, do you guys know anything about these cupcakes? And these four guys were like, what cupcakes? She was like, the ones that are outside by this tree. There's, there's cupcakes out there. No other group did it. How did these get out there? And so three of the members of that group took the dishonest route. They said, I don't know how they got out there. And then she continued to ask, so how did these get out there? No other group did it. And they kept saying, we have no clue how they got out there. But that one person, the fourth member of that group, went up and said, it was us. We're the ones that threw them out there. We opened that window and threw those disgusting cupcakes right out. And so to end with this, you got two choices, with you and your friends. You can either be the one person who stood against the group and said, it was us. We threw them out there. Or it could be the three others that lied and lied and lied. So the choice is yours. Do you want to be dishonest? Or do you want to be honest? Do you want to be that friend that confronts their friends when they're doing dumb stuff? Or do you want to be a go with the flow?